glass of beer and talk about uh, all the things we care. So spare a minute of your time. Oh, it's time for the volcano's shadow. A pint beneath Mount Shasta. Now it's time for some fun, time for some dares. Today, we drink a porter beneath a volcano, investigate spiritual Woodstock, and explore the many wild theories that permeate California's lonely mountain. Our guest today is Charles, owner of Mount Shasta Brewing Company in Weed, California. Sit back, relax, and let's hike towards the mountain together. When I first caught sight of Mount Shasta, over the braided folds of the Sacramento Valley, I was 50 miles away and afoot, alone and weary. Yet all my blood turned to wine, and I have not been weary since. John Muir. Mount Shasta is a stratovolcano in northern California. What makes this ice-clad volcano unique is its solitude. The steep landmass rises seemingly out of nowhere, and it looms miles above the level ground which encircles it. As the second-highest peak in the Cascade Mountain Range, this titan lingers unavoidably within eyesight of all the residents above the nearby towns of Mount Shasta City, McLeod, and Weed. The last of which, Weed, California, is home to the inspiration for today's episode, Mount Shasta Brewing. Our story starts with a former police officer who has never brewed before. Charles, the current owner, fills us in. Got me feeling like... So that story begins with Von Dillman uh, getting married mm-hmm. and deciding to move to the hometown of his new wife and raise their family. He takes over a, a business called the Black Butte Saloon in town, which was a local watering hole. He then has a dream to connect his German heritage of brewing, essentially, yeah. to Weed, California, and decides to open a brewery in the old Meadowbell Creamery. It took quite a while before the brewery came into fruition, right? That's correct. When they began the renovation process, they discovered fuel leaks from the creamery fleet, the uh, trucks that they ran, and there was an extensive cleanup. Uh, from 96 to 2002, they spent that time reconditioning the soil to make it safe to open the business. So truly, the, the business itself opened 2002. I'm looking around at the history on the walls, it's all cool, but the bar uh, sitting behind you right now is really cool, and that dates back uh, quite a bit. That'd be correct. That, that does come from a, another local watering hole, Rosie's Saloon in Fort Jones. Okay. Uh, Allegedly, it was rescued from a burn pit by mm-hmm. Vaughn, the, uh, the world's greatest hoarder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he discovered it, that it was going to be destroyed. He rescued it, brought it here, and now it exists as the Mount Shasta Brewing Company bar. Mount Shasta Brewing Company sits at the foothills of the volcano, the mountain itself. I'm finding it hard to name a better place to enjoy a brew than atop the brewery deck surveying the scenic landscape. Lonely as God and white as a winter moon, Mount Shasta starts up sudden and solitary from the heart of the great black forest of Northern California. The poet, Jaqueen Miller. 
Beneath the mountain lies Weed, California. Charles fills us in with a rough and dirty history of the town. Weed, California was purchased by Abner Weed Mm -hmm. for, you know, whatever, four or five hundred dollars from a a lumber mill company that owned the land. And uh, he then made his own mill here, and then the town kind of came with it, right? And that's probably early 1900s. He then went on to be a senator and all kinds of stuff, right? And it became one of the biggest cities in California. Mm. It was actually a booming industry city for a while. And with the change of the economy away from milling and, and lumber work and stuff like that, it, it then declined um, to where it's one of the smaller towns. So yeah. now it's only 3,000 people. It's still some very large mills up on the hill that, that do operate, mm-hmm. um, but in a diminished capacity. Right? Sure. Um, that's kind of the... the Rough and dirty history of, of rough and dirty history. <laughs> Speaking of rough and dirty, we're beneath a volcano. The following passage comes from a New York Times article written May 28th, 2000. Yeah. Quote Although Mount Shasta's last reported eruption was around 200 years ago, bubbling sulfurous springs near the summit are a reminder of the mountain's turbulent inner life. Historically, eruptions have occurred on average every 600 years, but today, careful seismic monitoring of the peak offers the prospect of an early warning. Unfazed, or perhaps attracted by the risks, thousands of climbers annually attempt the ascent. However, fewer than a third of them reach the summit according to the United States Forest Service. Often because they failed to train or to inform themselves about route and weather conditions, end quote. I know you're asking, why is Charles, the current owner, sitting with me beneath the volcano talking? Let's find out. I've been homebrewing since 2009. That's when I got into beer, really. Yeah. You know, okay. that's, um, mm-hmm. Naturally, it came to me, and I had a lot of friends who were in the distribution business, and they said I should open a brewery. I came here about two years ago looking to purchase it after finding out that Vaughn died. It turned out the kids didn't want to sell the business, but they did want a new manager. Okay. So I took that role and became the manager. After a year or so of that, they decided that Running a brewery is a lot of work remotely, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, they have chosen to sell it to me. Wow. So that's where I am now. What does this place mean to you after being here for a bit? For me, it probably means like a rebirth of the building of the of the idea of the business and of myself. Because I come from law enforcement as well, ironically. Oh, sure. sure. Um, in various other careers, as, as one does now. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's a complete shift of gears into a new chapter that I've always kind of wanted to open yeah. and just now have the opportunity. After six hours of weary climbing, during the last hour of which the inclination was about 45 degrees, we reach the crater summit. The mountain here is rounded in shape in the line of vision as well, therefore only a few feet distant. Nothing intervened between it and the Shasta Valley, 13,000 feet below. There is no feature Drugged, towering mountains, beautiful fertile valleys, rich foliage, water, and wood. Clouds and clearness can bring as factors of the grand in nature. That is not found somewhere in the sweep of the vision along this marvelous 
panorama. This is an account of a climb up Mount Shasta on July 27th, 1873. The city of Weed, sitting below the mountain within the marvelous panorama, currently has a population of only 2,873. We often have conversations on this podcast about the demand for beer in slightly smaller populations. And time and time again, the answer I'm given remains the same. Part of why I'm still here, because I've had chances, I've had opportunities to, to leave the area like many people who are from here do usually, if they have opportunities. I think because I was not born here, and so for me, I still get that. Yeah. Where a lot of people have been here the entire life, right? They're kind of like, man, it's, it's there. I've, that's been there since I was a baby, mm-hmm. right? Um, for us, we see it and go, wow. Like, you don't get that anywhere else. You don't get no. Shasta, you don't get Black Butte, you don't get the Yetis, you don't get the stars and the whatever. Like, you don't get that. Yep. It, just anywhere. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's a unique, special place. And uh, I always find myself kind of like bringing brought back the idea, like, wow, that's a cool, that's a cool, cool place. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I can speak to that 100%. I'm from Iowa. So, everything here seems big and grandiose and I was, uh, uh, I stayed in your parking lot. Thank you. Um, but my dog woke me up at three in the morning. So I took her out and looked up at the stars and I'm like, man, this is just special. Why stay in a smaller place? Why brew for a smaller population? Because you love where you're at. Mount Shasta, a vision of immensity, such as pertains to the vast universe rather than to our own planet. American geologist James Dwight Dan. Mount Shasta isn't just geographically interesting. The volcano inspires story, myth, and has long been central to certain Native American spiritual traditions. The Winnemem tribe, for instance, who are indigenous to Northern California, state the following on their official website. We are intimately connected to the Winnemem, Weiwakent, or McLeod River, Bulliam, Poyuk, or Mount Shasta, and the surrounding meadows. As Chief Colleen Sisk explains, quote, Our beginning of life comes from Mount Shasta, so all those stories up and down the river have meaning. From Yellow Jacket Mountain to Fox Mountain to the Sucker Pools, all these have stories that belong to the Winnemem people and songs that go with them. End quote. When we first bubbled out of our sacred spring on Mount Shasta at the time of creation, we were helpless and unable to speak. It was Salmon, the Nur, who took pity on us humans and gave us their voice. In return, we promised to always speak for them. Winamem went to spiritual and cultural belief, referencing a sacred spring on top of Mount Shasta. Additionally, in what's referred to as spiritual Woodstock, Mount Shasta served as the meeting place for those that believed in harmonic convergence. I'll now quote the 1987 NYT article entitled Rangers at Mount Shasta Brace for a New Age. Quote, Believers in harmonic convergence plan to resonate and meditate. Hold hands and hum here preparing for a new age supposedly predicted in Mayan, Aztec, and Hopi writings. 
National Forest Service Rangers made plans of their own to keep order over the two-day period. End quote. Why do this? You and I might ask. Requote. Sunday is supposed to be the first time in 23,412 years that the planet's alignment will produce a cleansing energy focused for humanity. To seize this, believers say. On the other hand, if harmonic convergence fails, catastrophe is in store. All right, this is 1987, and estimates for the gathering were expected to be around 40,000 individuals. Mount Shasta itself was believed to be one of the global power points, uh, end quote, requote for that, that could be used to set the stage for a new period of peace and hope. Before, of course, the arrival of alien beings by the year 2012. End quote. Take me to your brewer. Finally, before we get back to the wonderful Charles at the base of the mountain, upon doing research, I stumbled upon the deepest rabbit hole of lore, beliefs, and reports about Mount Shasta. I had a difficult time narrowing them down, but perhaps the following one takes the cake. In order to understand what I'm about to say, I need to first provide some context. British lawyer and zoologist Philip Lutney Sclatter wrote a paper entitled The Mammals of Madagascar in 1863. In the paper, Sclatter observes that there were many more species of lemurs in Madagascar than anywhere else, which leads rather convincingly to the claim that Madagascar is the original homeland of the lemurs. Naturally, to get to the land masses separated by water, namely Africa, India, lemurs then traveled across a now long-lost landmass stretching across the Indian Ocean. Appropriately and fantastically, this so-called lost continent is now called Lemuria. I'll note, this theory came at a time when science of evolution was young and notions of continental drift weren't widely accepted. Anyway, the theory persisted. And soon, other scientists began to add to Sclatter's theory. German biologist Ernst Eichel claimed Lemuria was what allowed humans to first migrate out of Asia, commonly thought to be the birthplace of humanity at the time. Eichel even suggested that Lemuria may have been the cradle of humanity itself. Wow. Quote, The probable, primeval, home or paradise is here assumed to be Lemuria, a tropical continent at present lying below the level of the Indian Ocean, the former existence of which, in the tertiary period, seems very probable from numerous facts in animal and vegetable geography. Quote. And from here, take a breath, take a silence. From here, Lemuria became associated with humanity. And the floodgates of conspiracy opened up very wide. Author Elena Blavastagadia published The Secret Doctrine in 1888, which proposed, quote, The idea that there were once seven ancient races of humanity and that Lemuria had been the home of one of them. This 15-foot-tall, four-armed 
race flourished alongside the dinosaurs, end quote. As to how Mount Shasta became associated with the ancient lost continent of Lemuria and this uh, race of 15-foot-tall people, I do not know. I cannot tell you, but let me read the following passage from Atlas Obscura. Quote, There's a well-known legend that says somewhere deep beneath Northern California's 14,179-foot-tall Mount Shasta is a complex of tunnels and a hidden city called Telos, the ancient, quote, city of light for the Lemurians. They were the residents of the mythical lost continent of Lemuria, which met its demise under the waves of the Pacific or the Indian Ocean depending on who you ask, thousands of years ago. Lemurians, believed to have survived the catastrophe, are said to have settled in Telos, and over the years, their offspring have been sporadically reported wandering around the area. Seven feet tall, I guess, end quote. Not 15 feet tall in this account. Requote with long flowy hair, often clad in sandals and white robes. End quote. Let's take a breath, collectively, (laughs) get back to beer, and let's look down at the comfortable brewery resting innocently beneath the grandiose landmass that inspired so much. Charles and I aren't thinking of any of this (laughs) as we wrap up our conversation. For this specific business, I really like seeing people consume my beer. Hmm. Right. Like uh, having a fun atmosphere in a cool place, that's cool too, right? Making a venue or whatever and people enjoying it. But if I make a beer, I could be anywhere and hand them a beer and they drink it and I can watch that and see the reaction and talk to them and, you know, live vicariously through their experience of that first beer. That, that's, my, that's my yum for sure. Yeah. Charles, thank you so much for sitting down with me and uh, great to meet you. Good to meet you. Cheers. We'll hopefully see you again soon then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so this will be my stomping ground. Perfect. <laughs> Replace judgment with curiosity. American playwright Lynn Nottage. Why not just enjoy and talk about the beer? To that I say, I absolutely do. Especially the porter at Mount Shasta Brewing, which was world class. But there's a deeper reason I go into these seemingly unrelated, (laughs) at times, rants. Beer is and can be used as a tool to further explore the world around you. Every brewery you go to, and by association, every pint you try is intimately tied to the people and the location around it. If you take time to stop and learn about these connections, the world becomes a much more fun, a much more interesting place to exist in. I had no idea I would learn about Lost continents, harmonic convergences, active volcanoes, and the rebirth of a foothill brewery as I sat sipping my porter in the shadow of Mount Shasta. Thank you, genuinely, for listening to the Beer Nomad podcast. We could not 
do it without you. If you find value in the show, it helps us grow. It helps us continue doing what we're doing if you rate and review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Additionally, reach out to me on my Instagram at the Beer Nomad Van. I'm happy to answer questions about the episode or past episodes. That is it for this week. Drink good beer and be good to each other. Cheers. Mm-hmm.